the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Going to be with you live today. Yes, I was un- unexpectedly off yesterday. I got hit by this cold that uh, people are getting, cold flu, the COVID, you know, whatever it might be. But uh, I'm back. It's good to be with you, and especially because it is Open Line Friday. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about on Friday. And uh, you can call and change the subject. Maybe you've got something on your mind you want to talk about. And uh, let's do that. 888-528-2557. Carl, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, Pastor Scott. Yeah, I don't have any uh, recommendation for a cure. But, That's good. Uh, I think we'll move on from that mostly. Yeah, we'll move on from that. Yeah. I was going to ask you about uh, Bible, um, not considered translations, but uh, I guess it is. But, you know, there's, there's King James or ESV, and the list goes on and on. And I'm just curious from your perspective, which one would you think is probably one of the closest translations to the original, especially in English, I mean? So, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. A lot of people ask that question, you know. Yeah. I think most of the major translations that you hear about are all good as far as you know, how they're being translated and stuff. They all have a story and there's always, you know, anything in a translation is always an interpretation, right? Right. Because the apostles did not write in English. Right. Um, But, um, you know, what I would say is it's good to compare and it's good Mm -hmm. to realize the difference, you know. So um, your New American Standard, I would say, is probably better for closer to word for word what the uh, original, I don't want to say original text. We don't actually have original text. We have copies. Some of them go back pretty far, pretty close. I think the earliest Mm -hmm. copy of one um, part of the New Testament goes back uh, to the second century. And sometimes people think, Mm -hmm. well, that that, uh, doesn't that mean that the Bible uh, might have been changed? Well, there's a lot of science behind that, and it doesn't look like it. In fact, the further back we go, they get better and better. And uh, some people say, well, why didn't God preserve the original, actually, uh, you know, Paul put the pen to paper draft? And uh, I heard one guy say one time, probably because we'd worship it, we'd put a temple around it and, you know, think of it as something no, else. Yeah. yeah, I thought that's interesting. <laughs> you know, but what I would say is, is to be aware that the translators have a different method of how they want to communicate what's being said. So your NASB will be more about trying to be close to as word for word as possible. Okay. Your NIV is more idea for idea, you know, so right. uh, your NASB probably says uh, only begotten son. Uh, NA, the NIV says uh, one and one and only son. 
Okay. Begotten is the right word, but it doesn't have the right meaning in modern English. One and only son uh-huh. is probably better as far as communicating what it means, but the word is begotten, if that makes sense. Oh. So you have to be, yeah, it's an interesting thing. So when you get into real good Bible study, you'll notice that. I think it's a really good idea to check out different translations and understand, usually in the beginning somewhere, you can find it. What What is the, you know, the translating, it's a group of people, not usually one guy, right? I wouldn't, you know, be careful with right. one guy. Um, it's a group of people who get together and have put together these translations, and they will be very open about here's why we chose this or here's why we chose that. There's not really a lot of controversy in it. You know, modern, you know, modern translations, there's some controversy over, you know, do you say brothers and sisters where the word was probably only brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, But did it, did it mean, you know, in that day, did it mean brothers and sisters? Were there women in the room or did it mean just brothers? Were there only men in the room? You know, so you can take those kinds of sort of liberties with it. But I would say that uh, all of them are pretty good. Um, but, there, okay. you know, there are some pretty, you know, fine. There's some that I would be, aware, you know, like the message, which I think is really interesting, but it's more of a commentary. It's not a translation. I, yeah. I think it's, I, I, yeah, I think it's a mistake. Yeah. It's a mistake that we call it a translation because it's not. It's a It's a mm. commentary. And some of it's pretty good, but it's not a translation. I wouldn't use it as my Bible. I might use it gotcha. as a commentary. Okay. Is that cool. helpful? Yeah, very helpful. Yeah, I was, I was going to tell you, I, I had a conversation with a woman. Um, I've been a Christian quite a while, but uh, in a bookstore once, and she said, oh, the King James is the original one. And I'm thinking, well, not necessarily, you know, but she said, that's the one you should do. And I, that's why I thought and everything I looked up at um, New American Standard is the best one. And some people push the ESV. Okay. And I kind of like to lean back to NIV sometimes just because it's, you know, it's easy to read, but uh, I I see your point though. Yeah. It's good to just kind of know all of them and know the history. So the, the King James, you know, is, uh, you know, it's great for what it was. Uh, And some people will think that's the one you should go with because it's from the Textus Receptus, which is the oldest, uh, Bible documents where it's all together, right? Where it's uh-huh. not pieces and fragments of different things. There's thousands and thousands of New Testament fragments. Um, and so what's happened with a lot of the other uh, translations is they go back and they say, well, this trans- this fragment of the New Testament that we have here, or this version of the Gospel of John or whatever, is uh, older than the one that was used for the King James. And so we're going to go with that because it's older but almost entirely it's the same thing, you know, right. and, and you still have to realize that the King James is done in 16th, uh, 17th century England, and some of the things that are translated in it worked really well then, and they're correct for then, but they wouldn't make sense now. Right. Uh, and uh, that, I think, is important. You have to trust God that he is going to preserve his word. Right. I think at the end of the day, yeah. that's okay. a big thing, but we need to be smart about it. Yeah, yeah. okay. That's helpful. All right. Carl, I hope that is helpful. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. All right, Yvette, I will take your call on cold remedies, but you're, you're going to be the last one. We just did an hour on cold remedies, and you can oh, get uh-uh. I'm on live on radio. Hi, hi there, Yvette. Hello. Hey, how are you? 
I'm fine. How are you? All right. I'm I'm doing well. So you're going to talk about cold remedies. You're going to be the last one because we've had so many calls on cold okay. remedies today. Well, this is not really a remedy. It's just something that we should probably be doing all the time besides, like you said, praying and fasting and, and, and what goes along with that. But there's a, a tea house that I go to. It's called Zen's Tea, and they sell immunology tea and congestion tea. So I drink the immunology tea every morning, and I haven't gotten sick for months since it started getting cold. So I just wanted to put it out there. He's a Christian-owned um, business. He's a veteran, and it's Zen Tea, Z-E-N-T, in Whittier, and I think Norwalk. I'm not sure if he has them anywhere else, but the best tea that you can drink to prevent from getting sick. Well, okay. I hope that that is working for you. All right, Yvette. Well, it, it has been, but try it. If I can send you some, I would send you some. <laughs> Give me an address, and I'll send it to where you're at. You can always you send can something to the station it. if you want to here at KKLA. Okay. All right, Definitely Yvette. Definitely will. Thanks for calling. You know, I'd always be concerned about sort of spiritualizing some of the solutions. I think there's medicine and there are things that make you feel better, but be careful about uh, stuff out there that has a spiritual thing. And a lot of people have said that the tea works, keeps things loosened and stuff like that. All right, well, so we spent an hour talking about that. It is Open Line Friday, but we're going we're gonna to stop the conversation about... Uh, uh, about uh, cold remedies, as exciting as that is. That's a good reason to go get the podcast, because we had some some fun with that. Open Line Friday. 888-528-2557. You know, we live in a time, you can call about anything you want today, okay? That's what we do on Open Line Friday on the Pastor Scott Show. Anything you want except cold remedies. We're going we're gonna to put an end to that uh, at the moment. Um <laughs> Unless I start to be unable to talk, then we'll just let you talk about it all you want to. Who would you say are the most gullible people? I, you know, it's an interesting question. And, you know, today we have to be very, very careful about it in the world of of artificial intelligence. You know, we're hearing that uh, AI is going to be a big deal, even in the uh, current political race. AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. And it is, you know, in it's a very powerful tool and it can be used for some good things, but it can be used for some bad things. And we have to be a people who is more and more trained to identify what's true and what isn't, or what is authentic and what is made up. Um, you know, good. You, you know, the whole story at, that's happened at Harvard, where the president Claudine Gay was uh, ousted, uh, not just not because she uh, wasn't sure if we should have uh, calls for genocide against Jews on campus, but for plagiarism. And uh, you know, why did she get caught in plagiarism? How did this happen? You know that AI is the reason that what people started to do. And so what happened is, is her and uh, the presidents of Harvard, she's the president of Harvard or was president of UPenn and the president of MIT. All three of those women were in front of Congress uh, last month, and uh, all of them gave the exact same answers on what to do if students are calling for the genocide or murder of Jews. So it was even kind of beyond just what's happening in Israel, but just Jews in general. And all of them said, uh, you know, is that would that be against the policy for harassment at your schools? And all of them said, depends on the context. Well, it went over terribly. The president of UPenn resigned a couple of days later, and uh, the president of Harvard now has resigned, although it may have more to do with the plagiarism. And then the president of uh, MIT is still there, but she is uh, who they're going after now. Well, when Harvard said, no, we're not going to fire our president, people started accusing her of plagiarism, and it went back and forth for a while. 
Uh, but then it turned into 50 or 60 different sites of it. You know how they were doing this? And this is something important for everybody to know. And I, I make sure that my kids know this. You know, my kids, especially James, who's 14, uh, this story, by the way, is deep into their school. Because if you're in high school, the whole plagiarism conversation, you're having it. Do not plagiarize on your papers. You will get in trouble if you pay, plagiarize. Plagiarism is bad. Don't do it. You have to cite things. And you part of high school is you learn how to do that and why that's important. Well, they're all joking about it. They're like, oh, it's not important. If Harvard can do it, then they're the best college we got, then I guess it doesn't matter. So it's it's a bad thing for Harvard. But here's how they caught her, is they took passages that she wrote in some of her papers and put it in AI, and they said, is this language similar or substantially the same as language in some other academic work? And AI starts spitting it out. And you have to be careful because for a while Harvard was saying, nah, that's the, the AI is making it up and you don't really know. But then you can go back to the real work and then the real authors come forward and they say, hey, she stole from me. Uh, and it just came out there. That's how powerful AI is, that it is – and I think that's not a bad use for it in an academic sense is that if you want to make sure your students, this is why I like to say this to my kids, is that you can't get away with it as easily as you used to because your teacher is going to be able to take your paper and send it through the machine and it's going to say whether you plagiarized or not. You know, I think part of it is, you know, a great big world where there are all kinds of papers and theses and all kinds of theses or thesi, how do you say it? All of these things that are available out there, you used to you know, what are the odds that you're going to be caught if you do it? Well, now, because everything is digitized, you can be caught instantly. And so I say to my son, do not plagiarize. You will be caught. It will be out there. I don't think that's a bad use for it. That's a that's a good use for it. But it's very powerful, very powerful, isn't it? Anyway, we have to figure out uh, exactly how we're going to deal with that. And this is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557 is the number. Part of what is happening, too, is all of the fake news that is out there. And there's a lot of things made up. If you go on your social media, whichever social media site you're on, there is a ton of stuff that is literally made up, just completely wrong or completely twisting what's happening. But also something that happens out there is that there are some people who are deliberately fooling with people. Like they're deliberately on, and it's kind of funny if you know what it is, they're trolling people to see who will take the bait on things. One of them is, is a guy on the Twitter machine. X, I guess is what it's called now. I guess I have to start saying the X machine. That doesn't sound good. We'll just say X. <clears throat> uh, his, uh, his handle is three-year letterman. And his whole deal is that he's a high school football coach and uh, he'll just work the kids into the ground and he's anti-parent and he's all this stuff about football. And the most important thing in the world is having SEC or SEC championships and America is the greatest and oldest country in the world. And he, he makes all these statements all the time that are deliberately uh, false to see who will take the bait. And he'll do it on all kinds of things. Now, the guy in real life is a lawyer somewhere, not a Christian guy, as far as I know. Um, but it makes you laugh when people start to argue with him about things that are so profoundly untrue. Like he likes to say that Benjamin Franklin is our our greatest president. And uh, Benjamin Franklin was not a president, by the way. But he'll argue with people. and He'll continue the argument online about this. And there are so many different things that uh, he talks about. So, for example... 
uh, he wrote somebody wrote something negative about Bill Gates, and he responded, "Bill Great, Bill Gates literally invented computers. Social respect and delete this." Well, people will write back and they'll go, Charles Babbage invented the computer. If you're going to try to check somebody, maybe at least you should sound like you know what you're talking about. And then he writes back, Charles Babcock doesn't even sound like a real name. Did he ever vacation in Pigeon Forms, in Pigeon Forge, Georgia like I do? If not, he's irrelevant. And he'll brag about driving his, you know, his Taurus and his 2011 fully, uh, fully featured Ford Taurus. And he's very excited about this and he'll... He'll insult you by claiming that you uh, finance your waterbed, which is funny, right? So it's that kind of thing. But he did a so – once in a while it comes out of character and he'll just talk about it. And he wrote something about who who are the people who take the bait. And he said he said this, which I found to be interesting. He said people who seem to be take the bait are people who have a huge sense of self-importance. He says this is easily the trait that has the strongest correlation to taking the bait and being the most gullible to what I'm saying. People who take themselves so seriously and cannot resist the urge to tell somebody else that they are wrong. I think he's right about that, where it's so obvious that he's saying the wrong thing sometimes. He'll, you know, America is the oldest and greatest country on earth, uh, he'll say all the time, and it just ticks people off. <laughs> And uh, he'd talk about age, you know, kind of what age, and it kind of depends. Politics, what I found interesting is he says, I haven't really noticed a difference between left and right. He says, sometimes it seems like liberals take debate more, and sometimes it seems like conservatives do, but it all balances out. But the more someone truly cares about politics and especially social issues, the easier they are to troll whether they are left or right. So if someone makes 50% of their tweets about politics, they'll be many times more likely to take the bait than someone who never does. The stronger they believe that they are on the correct side, the easier they are to bait. People who believe the worst about the other side are easy to troll. Often in the same post, I'll have people calling me a Trump-tard and a libtard. Those are derogative terms for left and right that people use online all the time, which we should not use. They're not nice. People who are focused on economic issues are harder to troll. But people who care about social issues are easier to troll. I found that to be interesting. And I think that's right. That is something that I've noticed is that the more people are are so set on being right, the less likely they are to understand that they are being teased on there. Um, religion, the more militant they are, the easier they are to troll. And that includes atheists. And somebody wrote in a whole bunch of things about uh, atheists and their, you know, the more militant you are, even as an atheist, the more likely you are to be fooled with that. That doesn't mean the more faithful you are. See, and I think as a Christian, the more faithful you are truly to the Word of God, and the more faithful, then you're going to have more discernment, right? You're going to have more discernment to look at this and go, oh, this is satire, or this isn't really true, right? Um, Geography. The more someone hates America, the easier they are to troll, which, you know, anytime he he boasts about America, even though it's false what he's saying, uh, he just gets ripped on a whole lot of stuff. You know, we need to not be so gullible on so many things. It is, I think when the Bible is calling for discernment in so many different ways, it's something that matters a lot because we can go down the rabbit hole, rabbit trail, rabbit hole, rabbit trail on so many different things and get caught in a bubble where we can't hear what is actually true. We just can't hear it. And we end up defending things that aren't true or we end up defending things that are not really defensible or things that don't really matter. And, you know, I find that there's so much satire and there is so much 
comedy that is out there that is becomes incredibly serious for a lot of people. And I think that we need to have a sense of humor, and I think we need to have a very good, and pray for it, and ask God for it, a sense of discernment so that we aren't fooled. Because as believers, we represent the faith. I, mean, I see this all the time online. I'll see somebody who is arguing for or against something, and I get a sense that there's like a spiritual side to their language or whatever. And But often they're pretty mean or pretty wrong. And then I go to their profile, and it says, follower of Christ. Don't, Stop it. You know, don't, it's like, don't do that. You know, be careful because it doesn't represent well. We don't have to be afraid of the truth of in any circumstances. The truth Jesus said will set you free. The truth does set you free. It's all right to live in a world of the truth. In fact, that's where you want to live. And in a time of AI, in a time of politics that is as extreme as we're already seeing, can I encourage you? to take some time to take a deep breath when something's uh, hitting you a certain way and really say, am I living in the truth and am I focusing on Christ and what's the most important here? Because if you do that, I think that uh, life is a whole lot better and you get focused on the right things and you stay away from uh, the embarrassment of being just totally wrong about certain things or being trolled by uh, certain guys on the Twitter machine or uh, anywhere else. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about, 888-528-2557. And I see your question. I'll be uh, I'll get to you when we return. You can follow me on social media right now at Pastor Scott Show on X, Instagram, or Facebook at Pastor Scott Show. Give us a follow. And uh, we'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. But when you say that Republicans won't accept the extra funding, they have a problem with the funds being used to release and transport illegal immigrants around the country. So Congress is listening right now. Would you accept the extra funding on the condition that the funds could only be used for detention and removal, but not release into the country? Uh, Brett, the funds are needed to provide the Department of Homeland Security with more Border Patrol agents. The funds are needed to provide the Department of Homeland Security with more technology. The funds are needed to provide our department with more detention space, to provide the Department of Justice with more immigration judges so justice can be administered more swiftly. That was uh, Secretary Mayorkas, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, answering the question about the controversy of what is the money that Republicans are asking for for the border and also the Democrats in another bill are asking for for the border. What is it actually going to be used for? That's actually what the disagreement is about. And uh, Republicans say that uh, we want it to be used to close the border, essentially, or control it. And Democrats are saying we want it, uh, or what they're being accused of doing is saying that we want it to process people more quickly into the country. And that's the back and forth that is going on with that. And I think as you watch those conversations, it's important always in the politics to kind of know it's not just about money. It's about you know, something else. It's about the what you're going to do with it. It's about what the bill actually is going to do. Uh, I find that to be pretty interesting. 888-528-2557. It is the Pastor Scott Show, Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. And in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, yes. 
Um, I'm calling because I want to know um, why President Biden hasn't been impeached for uh, his crime by letting a, a, a bunch of immigrants across the border illegally. Why hasn't he been impeached for that? That's an impeachable defense. I don't understand it. Why? And also, the next thing is, why are, why are they waiting until now, until the 2024 uh, primary election, to, uh, for the Republicans to speak up and say, hey, we're going to sue the border uh, patrol person. I don't know who he is, Mendoza, whoever he is. Mayorkas, they're going to impeach now. him probably. Yeah, yeah. So why, why are they doing this now four years later? Uh, three years later, excuse me. Yeah. Why are they waiting three years? And all of a sudden they're taking this, this up when they should have done it in the very beginning. Okay. And also the main thing is why isn't he being impeached, uh, the president, for this, for this uh, allowing them across illegally? You know, the, um, the thing is about this issue and a lot of issues is that there's a lot of politics on both sides that have a lot more to do. This is, and this is my opinion, okay, but my opinion is that both sides make campaign money by not solving this issue. You know, the Republicans will make money by saying it's an open border and we need to stop President Biden's whatever with the open border. And the Democrats are going to say the Republicans hate hate people and they're racist and we need to stop with this and we raise money. But if you actually said what I think 80 or 90 percent of Americans would say is, hey, we need to control the border and we need to have healthy immigration. Um, I think I think most people would say that. So I think that part of the problem and a big place to pray for your country is that the Congress is not doing its job. Uh, they're more oh, interested. So what you know what I'm saying? So what you're, yeah, you're, what you're saying is the Congress has flubbed it. They, they're doing it on purpose. They know it's on purpose. They're, they're um, committing a crime themselves by not taking care of this three years ago that he should have been impeached, and he hasn't been. There are many and people so who, would, some... who would agree with you that an impeachable offense would be the, the, the president's job. This is where I would object to President Biden's you know, direction on this is he's saying that I put forward a new, uh, a new immigration plan right when I came to office and the Republicans failed to vote for it. The problem is, is that you have to, you have to enforce the laws as they are now, even if you want to change them. You can change them, but you have to enforce the laws now. So a lot of people say that any president could be impeached by not enforcing the laws. And, and that's a problem we have in our country in a lot of ways. You know, the whole idea of sanct, you know, sanctuary cities when it comes to this is the sanctuary city idea is we as the city of Los Angeles are not going to follow the law when it comes to people who are here illegally. We're just going to refuse to do it. And it's part of lawlessness that is there. And both sides take these issues and they do them in election years. So, for example... And an interesting question, I think, with all the Trump cases, for example, the legal cases, is some of them could have been filed two years ago. Why didn't you do that? You know, why are you waiting for the election year? And it's because it's probably more about the politics than about the issue itself. That would be my my opinion about those kinds of things. And when we look at our country in an election year, we need people who are going to enforce laws, obey laws, or change laws in the right way if they need to be changed, but you've got to enforce the laws as they are. Um, but I don't, I don't really see, you know, in a whole nother issue, the presidents, Biden and uh, Trump and Obama, a little bit of George W. Bush, sure did a lot by executive order. And, uh, you know, whenever uh, 
Trump came to office, he reversed on the first day a lot of stuff that President Obama did with executive orders because Obama did it with executive orders. And on Biden's first day, he reversed a lot of things that Trump did by executive order. And we shouldn't be governing that way. The the way that we are supposed to be governed is those things should go through the Congress. They should be signed or vetoed by the president. They should be uh, overturned or not overturned by the Congress. And uh, we're not doing that as often as we used to. And that's not how we're designed. So I'm, I think, uh, Anne, appreciate your call. You know, a big thing there is, uh, whoa, I think I just lost all the calls. Did I press the wrong thing? No, it's our system. All right. So, so if you just called, there were a bunch of calls online. We just lost all of you. Um, so call back, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I think this is the Pastor Scott Show. It's Open Line Friday, uh, hopefully, 888-528-2557. You see what I'm saying? That when when you think about our country and what's going on, the 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 lawlessness of not following the laws the way they're written. It's okay to not like it. It's okay to say we need immigration reform. We certainly do, I would say. But uh, we have an immigration system. We have laws that exist, and they're not being enforced. And that's not the way you do it. You follow the law the way it is, and if you don't like it, then you change it. But you have to, if you're an officer, if you're the president, if you're a uh, uh, you know, in a situation of authority and power, you can be against a particular law. That's okay. And you can seek to overturn it or change it, repeal it, whatever you want to do. That's fine. But you can't ignore it. You can't just say all of a sudden, oh, I don't like this, so I'm just not going to follow it. The idea that that is even endorsed is, I think, one of our big problems with with a lot that we would say, oh, I... Uh, I don't like this law. I don't think it's right. So I'm just not going to do it. Uh, Most of the time, almost all the time, I think that's bad. Uh, And I think it has an impact on people's, on the the way we we give authority to the laws, a nation that's governed by laws. uh, That's a big problem. If you can just all of a sudden say, yeah, you know, I don't have to follow it. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Chris in LA, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, how are you doing there? All right, Chris. All right. Yeah, well, I was talking about this, about all this uh, stuff that's going on, you know, with the president, with Biden. Uh-huh. Oh, we lost, uh, we lost Chris. All right, 888-528-2557. Hopefully, uh, I'm not really sure why that's happening. Let's try Rick in Ontario. Welcome to the Pastor Scott okay. Show. Hi, Rick. Yes, yes. Uh, Elka Sosser Plus. I was wondering who's paying for when they lose... Uh, the the left, when they lose, do they pay for the court costs? Who's paying for all these mishaps? What are you talking about specifically? Well, uh, Trump, he's going to counter. He's going to sue for slander. But if they, if every time they uh, they sue, don't doesn't someone have to pick up the court costs? Well, if uh, in a a civil suit, it kind of depends. But uh, what's happening with these cases is Trump uh, has to come up with the money to pay for his defense and all of this. The government is paying for the the taxpayers are paying for the prosecution of it. Um, If somebody is sued later for slander or something else and there's a big judgment, uh, then it's going to depend on where insurance companies land and stuff. But eventually all of this stuff, we're paying for it. Uh, Taxpayers pay uh, for oh, just about no. just about everything. 
And uh, that's that's kind of how that works out. You know, uh, one of the things that happens whenever there's big court cases and and somebody gets a really huge settlement, you know, for some reason, somebody, an insurance company is sued over something or a, you know, a car manufacturer or somebody is sued and it's a multimillion dollar judgment. Well, the insurance companies pay for it. But where does the insurance company get its money? Well, they might get it from the car manufacturer, but where do they get its money? By raising the prices on your cars, by you know, there's eventually the the system is paid for by all of us. Oh, no. If you're ever on a, if you're ever on a jury, you know, just keep that in mind. If you're going to really stick it to somebody, who really pays for that? Uh, it might be you. Thanks for your call, call Rick. 888-528-2557. Open line Friday. Uh, let's go to uh, uh, Joe in Camarillo. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, Pastor Scott. Uh, man, I you know I, I almost hate to agree with you because we disagree on it so much. But anyway, uh, the, the border situation is just really, really troubling me. And uh, I consider myself a very left-wing progressive. But uh, Gavin Newsom just uh, announced that uh, undocumented uh, people are going to get Medicare mm-hmm. uh, or they're going to get health care. Uh, so I really do believe we have to do something, a, an orderly transition, an orderly influx, something. Uh, and and, and I'm, I, I consider myself a New Testament Democrat. I'm my brother's keeper. I want to do all that stuff. You want to care for uh, people, but, but you realize that the way we're doing it is probably not helping in the big picture. Oh, no, not, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, an older uh, person, and uh, my, my uh, Medicare... Uh, it's going up to $174 a month. You know, I'm still working. I'm past 65, and uh, then these people are going to get it free. I, I just, it baffles me. Yeah, it's a huge, a huge deal. we got to do something. i got to go to a break. Joe, I appreciate your call. Thanks for listening to the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, Eric, I'll get to your call when we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show, Friday edition, open line Friday. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. You're, you're right. Gas prices are higher per gallon in California. It's something like 51 cents. But gas prices in California are $4.71 on average versus $3.09 on the national average. So it's not just gas taxes. There's an awful lot more there. Oh, there is. That, there is. I mean, the refinery, there, there's no doubt that there are, there are other policy issues in California that are affecting prices. And that's their choice. They, and that's why they have such a massive uptake in electric vehicles in California. That is, uh, Secret- that is uh, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, who is in a discussion about electric vehicles and gas prices. And there was this whole part of it in the interview about California and why it's so much here. And some of it's all the taxes that we pay. But she said this interesting thing about how there are other policies. They didn't get into what those are. I take offense at our policies and strategies. But there are other policies that make the gas prices so high here. And uh, I'm glad they're down to... What did she say? Four seventy one. Is that about the average? Every place I've looked at recently, uh, well, I guess at some place where I got gas, it was under five. I was I just remember staring at a place uh, yesterday where it was five dollars. You know, something that's happening is uh, 
flying cars are coming out. The FAA has actually given permission to two companies, one just in December, for flying cars. Would you drive a flying car? Is that something you would look forward to? I look forward to more than that than like an electric car. The flying cars might be electric. 888-528-2557. It is Open Phone Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about on the Pastor Scott Show. Our final segment here, 888-528-2557. Uh, Eric in Corona, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Eric, Hi, Eric. Go ahead. You know, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Hey, by the way, a flying plane, is, a flying car is called a plane. That's right. So, you know, I guess so. I guess it's an aircraft is what it actually yeah, is. That's, that, yeah, that, that's, that's. I mean, it's you and I probably grew up doing the Jetsons. It's a plane. But anyway, listen, I, I uh, first of all, I always appreciate, appreciate your honesty because I know that you are right-leaning, but you're right-leaning and fair. And that's not something both sides want to hear. I, I get it. I'm, I'm more center-leaning. And 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 I get I get crap from both sides. Well, so, I get I get it from uh, both sides. We celebrate here yeah. when I get it from both sides in the same segment. It's like a nice yeah. goal. And it's, it, and it's all, but I I think that so much today is is based on rhetoric. Like the lady called a little bit early and she was ranting about impeach Joe Biden and 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 all this stuff and 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 she talks about open borders. There is no such thing as open borders. There is an influx, obviously, of, of immigrants, and, and there are reasons for that. But there's no such thing as, there's no such thing as, an, there's no such thing as an open border. There, well, what does, it, what does that term mean to you when somebody says that? What do you think that they mean? It, 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 it essentially means that the Border Patrol is like Mater D's and essentially just letting people in the, in, in the borders, when in reality, we have two, we have two, law, we have two laws that are, that are in effect. That were suspended during during the um, uh, pandemic, which was a stay in Mexico policy, which wasn't a policy of, of of Trump's to stop immigration. It was a policy to stop the flow of people who couldn't be vetted for COVID. Obviously, the, the Supreme Court ended that because it was a temporary. You you essentially suspended actual law mm-hmm. to for for the betterment for the betterment of. Uh, society because of uh, because of a pandemic. The other part of it is is that the, 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 there's, there's 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 an asylum law which eighty my understanding is eighty seven percent of the people that present themselves at a port of entry, which means that they get their name, they get processed, they find a sponsor, and they get a court date, and then and then and they have to be released into the country. Anybody that's listening to me, if you don't like that, change the law. But well, isn't the law? I believe the law is you have to do that, though. There's two parts to the law. One is if you're looking for asylum, that you have to ask for it in the first country that you come to outside of your whatever country you're fleeing. So if you're coming from Iran, for example, and you land in Brazil, you got to ask for it in Brazil, not the United States. That is true. That is true. So that's but number that's one. And number two is you have to do it at a port of entry. You can't just come over the border in a porous spot you know, over the Rio Grande and ask for it. No, I agree with that, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. My understanding is 87% of the people that are coming in are presenting themselves as asylum seekers. Yeah. So, again, if, if people don't like that law, then change the law. But don't, don't, blame, don't blame a president and say he's not enforcing the law when in reality that's, that's the law. The, the, other, the other part of it, it has to do with the Flores Act, which means you can't separate 
parents from children. So more children are coming across the border along with their parents. There's reasons why these things are happening. But, and they should be fixed. Don't get me wrong, you know. But the problem is, is that you can't blame a single person because the president, the president of the United States, it, it's weird, and you probably agree with this. The president of the United States has a very limited amount of power outside uh, Article 2 of, of, of the Constitution. He has immense power within that article. So, but he can't change the law. He, just like you, he, can, he can write uh, uh, um, an executive yeah, order. He can do he some things, make, but, but can, I do think the law is, the law. in this case, the executive does have a lot of authority with the border. And he does have the, and I do think the asylum laws, you have to do it at a point of entry. You have to present as a, as, right. and you can't right. just do it. And that's the part of the law that's not being kept right now, is well, I believe, everybody should be directed to a port of entry. But my understanding is the majority, but I'm saying like 87%, that's, that, that's what's happening. Do you think they, that those things are for real? Like, are they, are they, and I've dealt with people who I think are legit, where they come in, I've been in the court cases for some people who are fleeing actual death uh, from the country that they're in, particularly people from Iran have done that a couple of times, and uh, where I think to send them back would mean to send them to their death. Uh, and that's a lot, that's a lot different than I'm just going to send you home to uh, where you live, and uh, you'll be fine. The conditions aren't great, but... anybody... I think anybody that crosses the border, and, and it's, just, it's the same thing whether you're in this country or outside this country, if there's a way to make, if, if, if like I have, two, I have two grown children now, but, you know, I, I used to say this when the kids were little, you know, 10, 11 years ago. If I was on one side of the fence and I saw opportunity to make my life better on the other side of the fence, you know what I would do? I jumped the fence. Oh yeah, we would all we right, would all do right, it. Have you ever? Right, I don't know if you've right, yeah, been right, down right, there, but right, for right, sure, right, if there was an opportunity, we would take it. But I think I would. I think I would probably want to do it the right way. I do think that, and there's a lot of people who do. And uh, you know, when you come in and these huge numbers of people that are coming in, and you know that uh, you are not doing it the legal way, I think that you know the if, difference. If I'm trying to make, if I'm trying to make my life better. Excuse me, right thing be damned. Well, it's, it, it's, it's, it's what a lot of people really, are it, saying, up, you know, for sure. It, it, is, it, is up, it is up to you to stop me from trying to make my life better. It's not so, for me to stop myself to make my life better. What do you think we should That's, do about it? What should President Biden do about it? There's nothing Biden can do about it. The Congress has to make the tough decisions. See, I don't, I don't, oh, oh, I think President Biden can, can direct the Border Patrol to follow the law as it is. I think he can do that. Well, I, I, and I, I and I, I, I believe to a large extent he is. Maybe, maybe not to the extent people want it. To, yeah, to, I don't to think he is because, because honestly, we're we're just honestly, letting everybody there no, in. There is no there. There is zero benefit from a political standpoint from an eighty-one-year-old guy who's going to be president for four more years. To <laughs> there's no there, there's, there's there's no I, I, yes I said you, that you think he's going to be he's going to be eighty-six and still in the still running the show, huh? As long I'll tell you this, and this is part of the subject. As long as Trump is on the ticket, people, people like my children who are twenty-seven and twenty-five years old, who who who, who, who live in a Gen X world, who grew up, who believe in climate change, who have student debt, who believe in choice, that is the largest voting block in the country. And 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 factor in this. 
Children who are 14 years old in 2000 are now 18 years old in in Yeah, all those are going to affect. It's gone a little bit off the subject, but that's a good subject for another day. We're almost out of time, Eric. Yeah, uh, hey, uh, hey, have a have, have a good one, and take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Eric. All right, uh, Angie, I'm going to take your call here. Go ahead, Angie. Oh, hi. Um, hi, I'm calling from uh, Encino, and I just want to say a few things, okay? All right, real First quick. All, We're almost out of time. In the Christian point of view, it's excellent that they want to do this, but in the, in the point of view that their governments are really horrible, why don't we just take our government to these other countries and teach them how to run a, a democracy? So that their people don't leave the country. The only reason they're leaving that is because they they hate their government and the, they have no way of. We have to fix their government, and you, if, we're gonna, if we're that interested in people, otherwise, I think that every single person, the government is being paid money for every single person that comes to that border. It said yesterday on the news that the cartel operates all of it. You know what's okay, interesting so is getting paid. we're almost they're out of time. We're almost out of time, Angie. But what's interesting about what you said is that uh-huh. there's a lot of discussion about how in 250 years we have not been able to export essentially our constitution very well to other countries. You know, partially this and that, but we are still probably the freest country on earth. And right. and why is it difficult to instill that in other countries? But the part of that is is human beings' natural inclination is not towards free uh, societies, which is why freedom is always something that has to be fought for. Um, but I agree with you that, you know, if I were president, I would handle the border issue. I think you got to close both borders, um, but have an immigration system that is proper and that works. But I would yeah, probably pressure these countries into giving more freedom and making exactly. them better places to live. I've been in Central America. Exactly. It's beautiful. And I don't think most yeah. people want to leave, actually. They love their country. They love right. what's there, but the opportunities aren't there. Right, exactly. And that's where, you know, we come in if we're so interested in all this. I don't think that border issue ever is going to get resolved because everybody's getting paid off. And I'm sorry to say there's that. There's a lot there. Angie, I'm, yeah, a, I'm about of out of time, yeah. Angie. We're almost out of time, but I appreciate your call with that. And uh, Mido, I won't get to your call, but you can call back uh, next week. And, uh, you know, it's such a important subject. That's a big thing there is that we, I think we can do a better job at communicating what freedom is around the world, but uh, we're not really on that page right now. Hey, this is the Pastor Scott Show, and ultimately freedom comes through Jesus Christ, and that's what we want you to know. You can always email me at pastorscott at kkla.com, and you can follow me on social media at Pastor Scott Show on X, Instagram, and the Facebook, Pastor Scott Show. Everybody have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.